gentlemen, and welcome to the latest edition of the Gelsnet podcast. My name's Craig Gray, joined by Stuart Wheel. Well, we're going to have to, um, unfortunately, dissect that horrible result in Europe against Liverpool on Wednesday evening. Um, just a reminder as well, though, before we, um, we kick on just um, the little niceties at the start, this is the Independent Ranger podcast made for by fans, for fans, and all content is free. If you go onto the forum, uh, you can see the forum, obviously, articles, social media, our podcast here and the History Archive. Um, we've also got a brand new website um, that started over at gelsnet.co.uk. It's been redesigned um, where you can see all of your Rangers fan media content over there. Um, and also as well, just before we um, get into it, just a little message from our first sponsor, that is Forest Precision Engineering. They're a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company. They've been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for many years. And we're absolutely delighted that we're back in our podcast. You can get them over at forestprecisioneng.com. And you can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge. It's a stunning new hospitality area within the historic main stand at Ibrox. For more information on how to book this unique and intimate space, you can email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. So, as I said, joined here uh, this Friday night by the wonderful Stuart Weir. Stuart, how are you doing? At least it's a Friday, eh? At least it's a Friday. I wasn't quite sure tonight whether they were starting with two minute silence uh, or not. Um, you know, it might it might get us through the next half hour or thereabouts. But uh, a chastening week, a somber week. Um, I, I, I don't mean emotionally, but it's um, you know you you start checking on record books, and history books to find the last time this. You know, harmed, and I mean, you know, to quote somebody else, these things do happen, but maybe not in the manner you expected on Wednesday. No, I think you're absolutely right there. I mean, the thing, the thing for me was that it all started so well and it ended up going going so wrong. Um, personally, I, I just felt that the, um, you know, the tempo, the intensity, and maybe even the aggression at times wasn't there in that second half. I think there were. We just let them play. Um, I think the first goal, in a weird way, kind of sets the tone in my opinion, the equaliser, because I thought it was very, very soft, first of all, to concede the corner, and then the actual defending from, I think, Sakala and Tav um, there. And it just, you know, we kind of get back in it a wee bit and nearly actually scored to go 2-1 up at the break. We had a decent chance through Tav, but then, you know, it was absolute curtains in, in the second half. Where, where do you think it went It went so wrong in that second half, Stuart? Uh, probably kick off. Um, no, I, joking aside, the, the the point you made there about the equaliser, the thing was though, it was almost like a rerun. You know, it was like this is this is the the corner that we're going to work. Oh no, we're going to get a second chance at it, and we'll do the exact same thing again. And and you know, Firmino isn't exactly the He's not exactly a target man striker. You know what I mean? He's more more of a um <coughs> more of an inside man who who's creative and maybe doesn't have the poacher instinct, so it was a go to you know, for him. It was a bit disappointing. The second half though was utterly shambolic and I you know I remember Rangers playing Juventus 
um, years ago in the Champions League and were losing, you know, 4 0 or 4 1 or something like that. And when he went, when the fourth goal went in, it, it wasn't a, a case of shutting up shop, it was basically putting down a marker to one or two of the Juventus players that that's all you're going to score tonight because, you know, we're going to be more physical and we are not going to stop running and we're going to, you know, we're going to challenge you. There was none of that on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, for me, some of the goals were were just far too easy. I mean, you know, the, the second goal especially, Joe Gomez running down the right-hand side. I mean, I think the big disappointing part about that is the fact that we've seen him come in, I think, from Liverpool, the Napoli game before 1-1. And it was absolutely ran ragged the whole game um, by the Napoli front line. And then you've got someone like Ryan Kent who, you know, let's face it, he's no kicked his own backside this season, well, to be honest, for most of last season. But he's the guy that's supposed to show up in these big occasions. And I just felt, talking about him in particular, he just seemed to show no sort of, you know, like no bravery at all on the ball. You know, any time he got the ball, instead of trying to take on you know, the likes of Gomez or, or anyone else. He was always passing it back to Barisic. I think then when that happens with Barisic, he's always under a bit of pressure. Um, you know, the fans are already on his back most of the time. And then he's passing it back. I mean, Sakala as well. But I mean, I actually didn't think Sakala was, was awful. I mean, the two times in the first half he got in and he put across two decent balls. But you know what? It was two times more than what the Mont Kent, uh, Kent done. Um, and I just think someone like him... Um, to you know, you know, take on those guys. It was just a wee bit, a wee bit disappointing from my point of view. The thing was, though, Craig, on Wednesday, it, you were you were struggling to identify between those that played well and those that just didn't show up, yeah. or or those that were even average and those that didn't show up, because there wasn't much to pick between anybody. Um, the goals, you know, watching it back, which you know, I had to do a couple of times. The amount of time that Rangers give up possession is incredible. Every one of the goals, now, I know goals are created because of people make mistakes, or the opposition make mistakes, or they don't do certain things, but to give the ball away as easily as they did was incredible. Mm-hmm. No, you, yeah, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. As I say, it, I, I did feel it was too easy. I mean, that's the thing that I don't understand as well. Is like the, the first half performance, I thought was, you know, couldn't have expected much better. And then just, just the total collapse. And as I say, I just think the aggression, the intensity wasn't there. And it's very ironic because I was at the press conference on the Tuesday night and that is what the manager said. The manager used those words, aggression, exactly. Um, and we were in the first half and then it kind of just, just went off. There was far too many players in that squad and that the squad of players that unfortunately for me just didn't show up. And to be honest, they haven't showed up at all this European campaign bar um that first half on Wednesday and you know possibly the first 50, 60 minutes against Napoli at Ibrox and it you know it seems to me that I d I don't want to, you know, go all go all ranty and this, that and the next thing because I you know, as Frankie said before, we're gonna try and calmly analyse this tonight. But um it just seems that a few of the players are kind of there because, you know, they're just glad to be in the Champions League. I mean, John Winston, unfortunately, he again was speaking on Tuesday before the game and somebody asked him, 
are, are you glad that the club's at least back in the Champions League? And he gave a great answer in my opinion. He just went no because the results haven't been good enough. I mean, it's all well and good saying that, but unfortunately, when the performance season, you know, the aggression and intensity isn't there, it's like, what's the point in saying stuff like that? The, the frustrating part is having, having played so well in two games against PSV to actually get yourself to the Champions League, to then basically turn in performances where you, you know, you're almost saying, We've reached that goal. That's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. As as especially, I mean, at, at Rangers, you know, I mean, we've, I know we've waited what 12, 12 years to get to this to this level. And look, I, I did say before, well, afterwards, always made sure that we all knew this was going to be a tough group. And I, I, I did say that I think there was a chance that we could have finished second just as much as we could have finished bottom. And it's not. The fact that we've lost all four games so far, like get shapes and manner of the performances and the defeats. And as you say, it's like, you know, we've we've reached the Champions League, we've hit that target in terms of, you know, getting the money. It's not been as much as what we thought it was. But it, see this though, see this though playing out a tournament in your head when you when the draws made. Mm. You know, I was as guilty as anybody. You're looking at it, there's two battles of Britain. Mm-hmm. You know Rangers might be suited. To these kind of games, there's Napoli. They're playing well. There's Ajax. Are Ajax really any better than anything that Rangers played last season, or are they so far ahead of PSV? And you start. I'm not saying getting carried away with the possibility, but you are looking to see where you might pick up points after the first game. You're basically then asking, are we going to pick up a point? You know, and it's 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 a measure. I'll, I'll say all in. It's a measure where Scottish footballers, yeah, it's fine beating each other, you know, over a season, but they've been showing up just now. <coughs> mm-hmm. No, I, th- I think you're absolutely spot on with Scottish football. That that was actually going to be the next point that I was I was going to move on to. I mean. You know, we've had this week Celtic beat off Leipzig, Hearts beat 5 1 off Fiorentina, 7 1 off, off Liverpool. Um, you know, and it just seems that Scottish clubs in general just cannot seem to compete in the Champions League. I, I mean, I'm just thinking about this off the top of my head, and I might be I might be wrong, right? But I think Celtic's won over Anderlet, that would have been 2017, I think. I think that's the only time a Scottish team has won a game in the Champions League for the last nine or ten years. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, it's, and I mean, I know a lot of people, look, we try and be positive about the Scottish game. We want to talk up as much as we can. And I know we've had the national team that's qualified for a Euros and all that. Not okay, their performance at the tournament wasn't great apart from one game. But it just seems on a whole that, that Scottish football in general is just nowhere near ready to compete at that level, unfortunately. I, I, I think as well, if you look at, Rangers results in the Europa League, you can I kid yourself one a wee bit saying, well, that team's as good as anything that's in the the Champions League. So you, you beat X, Y and Z and you say, you know, last season they were playing in the Champions League and have done, you know, they've done this and have done that. The fact is, they're in the same Europa League as you're in. 
They're not any, any better. You, that particular season, you're in the Europa League. That's your level. Mm-hmm. Not exactly. They're in that competition for a reason, aren't they? Um, you know, and it just, as it just seems to be one depressing episode after all. I mean, in terms of sort of um, another negative, that game obviously was was injury to Conor Goldson. Um, I don't want to be one of the. I mean. You know, if you put two and two together, you might say, yeah, well, I, it shows you just as soon as we lose Conor Goldson, we can see what five or six goals in the second half. But I don't think it was, you know, quite as simple as that. I mean, you've got a, a young boy in the young king coming in. You know, let's face it, no one really was great on Wednesday early, but we're not in a position here where we're going to be overly critical of someone in his position, especially now that he's going to, he's going to have to come in with, you know, the fact that Goldson's 100% going to be out and, and Davies is probably going to be out as well for, for the next wee while. You might be 100%, you might not be 100% critical, but you might be 100% critical of how you ended up with that player at 18 having to be relied upon. Yeah. You know, and, I, and again, it's dead easy to say, well, this guy's injured or this guy's suspended or this guy was injured during the game. For me, the, 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 there's you know there's more fundamentals to be asked. Um, I am still bewildered, at, like some Balligan, you know, not being there. And I've I know, and I've I've heard it said a few times. People saying, "Look at the money that Rangers brought in. They 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 bought this guy. They they they, they sold. You know, they sold Bassey, Patterson. Um, you know." Juaribo did it. That's fine. If you're selling a player, to my mind, if you're selling a player for 20 million quid or 15 million quid or 10 million quid, you're going to have to spend the same again to get somebody who's comparable. Mm-hmm. To then go out in talent spot and say, or oh, you know, our scouting system is, is good enough that we can find an instant replacement. No, you can't. You will not find an instant replacement. You know, Bassey was exceptional last season. He wasn't exceptional from the first moment he walked through the door. Mm-hmm. Aribo really came on to a game and, you know, it's maybe this season you actually realise actually what he did do for that team. Mm-hmm. He took a couple of years to, to develop as well. Patterson, Okay, you're, you're almost like Everton paid for the potential there because how many games did they actually play? He was actually maybe more, believe it or not, more of an established player within the Scotland setup than he was at Ibrox because he had to wait his turn to play if Tavernier was either ready or, or was rested. So, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm aware that. Talent spotting is one of the most difficult things you can do in sport. But given the reputation that certain individuals have at Rangers, you really have to be looking at the fact that you have players who are the equal of those who are actually on the pitch to take their place if they're not actually there. And I have to say, on Wednesday night, the Rangers team looked as if it was, you know, it was full of guys who were closer to the end of their career than they were at the beginning. Yeah, and that that is one of the the disappointing things for the summer shoot. I mean, the fact that 
I think a lot of fans, you know, have been calling calling on it for years in terms of, for example, a midfielder, just a, a typical number eight sort of, if you want, box-to-box player. No one was signed. Um, you know, the goalkeeping position was something that a lot of fans were critical of. No one was signed. Um, this right-winger situation um, that people have been critical of for quite a number of years now, under the previous manager as well. Now, we did sign what we thought was a right-winger, but it turns out he's better on the left. <laughs> Um, and, you know, as you say, it's just that the quality of players that have been brought in, you know, just, just haven't been good enough. And that, you know, that's it's not one person's fault in particular. It's a number of people's fault. It's scouting. It's, it's Ross Wilson, the director of football. It's the manager. And, you know, you would think that the manager will have the final say at the end of the day. Um, but obviously, you know, we don't know that. But, I mean, in, in terms of going forward, obviously, I think most people expected a defeat on... On Wednesday, obviously, it was the manager that was the, the manner of it, sorry, that was the biggest issue. But do you think that the manager's job might be on the line in the next week? Because, as I said earlier, I mean, I think it has, I, 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 you know, I think it has to be Rangers as a club or an entity or an institution do not lose 7 1 at home. Yeah. You know, historically, go and see where that result rests in the pantheon of everything that Rangers have done over the years there is something you know these things can occur in football where a team just excels and you have an off night or an off day and you end up you know shipping four or five or six or seven I get that but there is something about I'm not quite sure whether it, it might be the Dutch mentality. Do you know, mm. some of the biggest defeats I've seen Rangers suffer have been when you've had a Dutchman in charge. Advocate, great manager as he was, you think in per- certain performances against Celtic, mm. where it was just too easy and it seemed to be acceptable. Mm. And I think, you know, yeah, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst can complain about the performance at Celtic Park back in February. Yes, he can, you know, can can complain about other performances here and there along the way. And they can have his thoughts on Wednesday night. But there just seemed to be a distinct lack of... I was going to say fight, but it's not fight. It was actually a distinct lack of pride in the, the performance. That, that Rangers seemed incapable of stopping Liverpool and didn't have any tactics or the wherewithal to actually say enough was enough. They're never going to win a game from 4-1 down. So how did that then become seven? Mm-hmm. No, you're right. As, I, as I've said, it is, it is a manner that, that hurts the most. I think for me personally as well, with, with Giovanni, I, I don't want to start throwing out things that you should be sacked or this, that and the next thing because look, at the end of the day, this time next week, we could be sitting top of the league into a semi-final at Hamden. But on the other hand, we could be five points behind and out a cup as well. So that is, you know, that is the sort of small margins in football. But I think the biggest one for me is the fact that after that first Celtic game at, at Parkhead, he seemed to learn from it in the next couple of performances against Celtic, more so at Hamden. But it now seems that after that happens, it, he's not learning from it. Um, and for me, that, that's got to be the most concerning thing. 
I still wonder, Craig, if if the the bill and end all was actually Rangers getting into the Champions League. Mm. It was almost like our season is complete, mission accomplished. You know, let's watch the bank account as the money comes in. Let's charge the fans a fortune to watch these games, watch these games, and then you know. And then worry about the performances or what we're actually going to do on the pitch afterwards. Mm-hmm. And you know, football, football, it doesn't take much to tip a game in somebody else's, you know, favour. And I, I, I get that. The performance in Amsterdam was criminal at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goals that were given away. You know, you you put them in a in a horror show DVD, you know, to show you defensive frailties. Forty five minutes against Napoli, they played well. Red card, the penalty turned that game in its head. Analyzed what happened at Anfield, damage limitation exercise. How many times did Rangers look as if they were going to land a punch on Liverpool? And then you had Wednesday night. I mean, this this will go down historically, not just because of a lack of goals, a lack of points, but just almost the performance levels. This has been an abject failure to such an extent that your you know your 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 season in terms of what you might might have achieved in Europe, forget the Champions League, but even. The qualification for you, the Europa League, isn't has been jeopardised because of the levels of performance that been previously, and that for me is totally unacceptable. Given what was achieved last season, and no players are a year older, I I totally get that some of the, the mainstays in that team have been sold, but you then are looking for people to step up, and that just hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened. And the, the lack of appetite or the lack of hunger of players to replace those who are no longer there, that for me is a concern. Because, you know, I can always remember a player either being sold or a player um, coming to the end of his career or a player, you know, being dropped or, or, or no doing the business. And there has always been somebody there challenge them or at least fight for that jersey yeah. there were some players on Wednesday night weren't even fighting for the jersey they were wearing mm-hmm. let alone fight for a, a you know the chance to excel if they if they you know if they got a chance I, I, I think there are real problems a lot of it's to do I think it's down to attitude and and nobody's going to con- convince me or change my, my mindset that in terms of European competition, when Rangers got that aggregate victory over PSV, that was job done. Not kick on and let's go again. It was job done. We've reached the big... We're now sitting at the big table. You know, nobody's got to notice if we're sitting in a high chair, you know, and, you know, being spoon-fed or disappear from the table early on. That, you know, I, I honestly think it was almost like that was their target and now it's been achieved. Listen, 
let's let's concentrate on what we would be doing domestically. Yeah, I mean the op- the optics certainly aren't good, and uh, that that's something we're going to move on to, to next as well. And um, just after another wee message from our sponsors, and that is the official Rangers uh, coin copy Zenith coins. Um, it's a, a great little coin, a good little gift. Um, each one has a unique serial number engraved in the outer rim and comes complete with a Rangers presentation box and certificate of authenticity. You can join Rangers legends and famous Rangers fans like Alan McCoy, Steric Johnson, Marvin Andrews, Tom Stoltman, Gordon Ramsay, just to name a few, and own your own Rangers Club coin. And the best part, as we all say, is you can get a wee bit of money off it as well. You can get 10% off your purchase by using the code GN10. So, yes, another thing that I found interesting, if we just want to come off the actual, you know, physical game itself for a wee moment, it was in... The incident that was on on social media um, after it um, after the game, where the guy's name Oliver um, Piefa, sorry if I get the name pronounced incorrectly, Oliver, um, who's the Rangers head of partnership and management, seemed to post a picture online in the Liverpool away end, um, saying something affected up the Reds. Um, it turned out today that he's actually left his post at Rangers now. Yeah, according to the I think the Scottish Daily Express, we don't know, you know, whose decision that was at the end of the day. But I mean, talking about optics, what was this guy doing? You know, it's it, it, it's difficult. Um, if you are, you know, if your pals are Liverpool fans, Liverpool are playing at Ibrox, you sit beside your pals, you may be a Liverpool fan. You know, there there's a certain way to conduct yourself. And, and and listen, I I would not have had an issue with the guys, you know, sitting amongst his pals or a guy saying, you know, these are the guys that I grew up with and went to the football with and they're coming to Ibrox to see their team. Isn't it fantastic that Liverpool are playing at Ibrox and all the usual chat? There then comes the, the, the kind of defi- dividing uh, line that you do not cross, and that is that if your team beats Rangers, Rangers are your employee employers, so you have to show a certain amount of loyalty to who you're actually working for and who's paying your wages. And I, I, I would, you know, I know down through history, I know Rangers players who have played for Rangers. But I have supported other teams that Rangers have played against, even in even within Scottish football. You know, guys that have grown up as Dundee United fans, guys that have grown up as Hearts fans, guys that have grown up even as you know Hibs fans, mm-hmm. and you know I get that, but I cannot remember anybody. Well, I can remember one player, uh, and only because he ended up in the Celtic end. Um, but but that aside, I cannot remember anybody that, that you know, despite their boyhood loyalties and who they supported, then sitting at Ibrox or Hamden or wherever it was, supporting the opposition when you are still associated with Rangers. That bit, I just, you know, that bit I cannot condone. You know, it's like there's a certain level of behaviour that you have to, um, you know, adhere to. Absolutely fine joining your pals for the game. But I think I also have to ask the question, and seriously, 
what was the purpose of putting that on social media? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was naivety, and mm-hmm. it's extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, joking aside, being so naive is almost a sackable offence in itself. It, it was like, you know, look at me, what I am, I've done, and look at look at us and what we're doing. No, I, that never that photograph never needed to see the light of day. You could have kept that in your family album or kept it in your mantelpiece or had it tattooed in your arse for, for you know, forevermore. But it was your, your picture and your photograph and, and your, if you like, private moment. You didn't need to make that that public. And I think it was, it was just like gross naivety. And I think, you know, I think the pylon that's come from some people has been exacerbated or has been fueled by the fact the the performance that the team put in was so abject and so poor. I think maybe the guys copped a double whammy on that one. Not just the fact that there were people fans were disappointed that he actually what he did, but also the levels of performance on the pitch um, just just made it doubly worse for them. But I, you know. He, he felt it right to resign. It might be that he, he, somebody somewhere went, you know, or said to him, actually, it'd be a good idea if he did go. Um, but I just think it was it was a terribly, terribly naive. Listen, you know, he might um, he might pick up a, a a similar role elsewhere. Good luck to him. But I think you know tonight, forty eight hours on from what he did, I think the, the penny might. Be dropping that he's um, suitably unemployed right now, and you know losing losing your job or or whatever is never nice. But to lose it under such circumstances, you know you you have to think to yourself that's a mistake you're you're, you're not going to make again. The, the, the other thing is the other thing I got was the job title. What in God's name is that job title about? That is the most contrived job title I've seen in some considerable time. That's almost like, you know, a, a director of director of uh, me- mechanic and metal uh, metal storage brackets paper clips. I mean, it, it really it really was a, you know asking what what do you actually do? Well, I don't even need to ask that question anymore. Um, but. Um, I think it's been a bad week for for Rangers. It's been ten times worse for that guy. No, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think maybe the funny thing is if you can take any funny part out of it as well, apart from the, the job titles that you know the guys apparently also been employed by Man City and Man United in the past. So, I mean, he might be a Liverpool fan in paper going into a weekend at Ibrox and Wednesday, but he doesn't really seem it if he's going to be looking for the as well. But I just, as you said, there it's uh, for me it's the fact that he's posted it in social media network. We don't expect everyone that works for Rangers to be a Rangers fan, okay? Whether that's a plain side or otherwise, it's never ever going to happen, right? But, you know, it's the optics for me. Um, it's the fact that you're broadcasting it. Um, naivety as well, you know, as you said. And that's not even actually something that I thought about until until you sort of mentioned it there. Um, you know, the guy clearly, you know, with, with the you know, the title, whatever it is he may do, is, is obviously an intelligent man, or supposed to be an intelligent man, you know, if he's held sort of high-profile positions at clubs like Man City, Man United, and now Rangers. So the guy's obviously, you know, respected somewhere, which is, you know, it, it just makes it even more sort of, 
you know, weird as to why as to why he's done it. But I think the thing for for me and a lot of fans is that again, optics. We've seen a lot of decisions that this board has made. You know, at least since the term of the well, actually probably since they won the league, um, that have been questionable at best. And a lot of fans think that the board just really don't care about the support. I think that a lot of them are certainly the senior management show up as far as content to the support. Um, and whatever, whatever your opinion on that may be, it just seems that, you know, for a lot of people, this is another example of, like, well, I'm not with our Rangers, but, you know, I can go into the, the Liverpool end and I can I can brag about Liverpool, you know, battering Rangers and then, and then post it online as well. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, Looking at it as well, this guy would work in the commercial team under under James Bisgrove, and I don't know how the the process would have went. But as you mentioned earlier, sixty quid was charged for these Champions League tickets, um, which is the highest amount that Rangers could legally from UEFA get away with charging. Um, I mean, this guy—I don't know if he did, but he didn't. But there's every chance that this man could have had, you know, an input into what those ticket prices might be. So I think if he did, then that was the case. And look, we'll never ever know if that's going to be the case or not. But for me, all that just makes it ten times worse, you know. Uh, listen, as I said there, I'm aware of Rangers players, you know, in the past who have had allegiances to certain other clubs, and they would they would talk about it. They would. Talk about it maybe in private, they might never make it publicly known. But the fact is, they they have supported clubs. To to believe that everybody's out, whoever's going to walk through the front door um, at, at Ibrox has always been a Rangers fan. I mean, you know, that, you're kidding yourself on there. there. There's there's guys who have been raised in England or all over Europe. And who might, you know, dare I say it, have never heard of Rangers until they've actually signed for them. Mm-hmm. So you can't really say, oh, he's been a Rangers player um, or a Rangers supporter from birth. There were a two have tried that before to justify their existence at Ibrox, and it hasn't quite worked because people, you know, cut through the chaff very, very quickly. But, um, I, you know, I, I, I say again, he might well have some of the most iconic teams in British football uh, on his CV and might actually support one of the most iconic teams in British football. But you you do wonder, experience-wise, work experience-wise, what he's actually learned and what he's actually picked up, given what he's just the, the, the act. And somebody say the heinous act, he's just committed. Yeah, well, as I say, the optics aren't good, but um, we'll try and we'll try and sort of move back on it now after that wee episode. Obviously, tomorrow we need to move on. We've got a massive game, Motherwell. Not tomorrow. I'm saying that's on Sunday, Motherwell. Um, you're still concussed. I know. I know. I'm. Not, you're right. It's um. It's it's Friday as well. That's why I'm still thinking about what might or might not happen later on. Um, for, the, for the people out there, I, I, I was only joking when I said I was going. Um, to the, the drag bingo after I've done this but that's what I'm telling you anyway anything I do do will remain private I'll not be put it up, posting it up just in case I lose my job but anyway exactly well that, that's the thing you know what as long as you as long as you don't broadcast it then who who are we to judge but anyway yes big game on Sunday against Motherwell clearly it's a must win game every game at Rangers is a must win game 
Um, I mean, I know you said before that you think the manager is now under severe pressure. How how close do you think it is until, well, let's say if you were in charge that you would be looking to make that decision? Do you genuinely believe that maybe another bad result in terms of drop points and then that, that, that could be it? Uh, listen, this is a this is going to be a a strange season, mm. you know, because in a matter of weeks, days, in fact, we have the hiatus that is going to be a World Cup, and who knows where you know Rangers are going to find themselves ahead of that World Cup. It, it, you know, this this is something. It's a completely new experience. I know people will say, "Well, you know, historically, if you go back, um, there was the winter in nineteen sixty, you know, two that Rangers didn't play any games here, there, and everywhere for so many weeks, and all that. That 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 doesn't cut it. This is a completely new experience. I think." I think where Rangers find themselves at that particular point in time is going to be very telling in terms of what the future holds for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Motherwell's never the easiest place to go. You know, uh, you, know you remember the upset or upsets there of previous Rangers team who are, who are I have to say, much, much better than the, the, the current side. You remember the I'm not quite sure about it because this, the, the 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 sun was particularly strong that day. But you can remember the total aberration that Rangers had back in 1991, where if they, they were losing to Motherwell, and if they lost 1-0 or whatever it was, they only need to draw against Aberdeen the final game of the season. Except Rangers went chasing the game and eventually lost 3-0, and that meant that Aberdeen... Because I only needed a draw at Ibrooks. Yeah, listen, if you know your history, you know how things turned out or panned out. But, you know, you, I, can, I can list, you know, several games where Rangers have gone to Fur Park and come back having suffered a, a very sobering experience simply because they just had the match Motherwell who, a Motherwell side who were up for it. Um, and we'll certainly Rangers players and also a lot of players for other clubs as well, have never actually managed to get to grips with the slope at, um, at Fur Park, you know, where you can be running up the hill just by running across the pitch, never mind from end to end. And it's also a, a ground where, the, you know, give them credit, the home support are quite vociferous, especially, you know, when Rangers are the old firmer there. It's their big, big chance to make a noise and, um, be noticing the TV so it will be a difficult and an uncomfortable day for Rangers however again that might be that that might just be played out in their head if if Rangers go there and recognise their strengths rather than potential weaknesses they'll get the result that they need but you're absolutely right what you say Craig we are, we are only in October and already every game appears like a must win game you know, and I said it a couple of weeks ago, why is that? The reason is because, one, the performance levels have been so mediocre at times. And not just mediocre, the performance levels have been different 
each and every match. Sometimes mm-hmm. even during individual matches that you don't know what Ranger sides actually going to turn up for the second half, let alone the game in, in, in general. And, you know, I don't think, I think Rangers maybe played one of their get-out-of-jail cards a few weeks ago when, when Celtic lost at St Mirren, got them back into the running. But you're still looking at game after game for a long, long time this season, um, being games that Rangers have to compete in and have to pick up three points and rather than just say, well, that was an away game, we'll just take the point and move on to the next game. Again, because the form or performance level at Ivers has to be that great. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely did think, sort of, well, maybe four, four, six weeks ago, most so after that, that Celtic performance five points behind, how much well, the margins and the goal difference, I genuinely did think that one more result whether that would have been a loss or a draw would have been fatal for Rangers in the title race. Um, as you kind of touched on it there, we get out of jail free card when, when St Mirren beat Celtic. And look, Celtic have had their problems recently. Um, you know, the last, um, I think, three, three league games have not been very good. Uh, two 2-1 wins and a, a 2-0 um, loss to St Mirren. And the, the, thing, the thing is though, Craig, just, just, just on that, um, and thanks for reminding me, the point that certain Rangers fans have picked up on, um, and it might have been through gritted teeth, the, the way Celtic have won some of those matches is exactly yeah, well, what exactly what you want from your team. Yeah, losing an equaliser so late on it against St Johnston, you know, I, I, I would say Rangers would have been heads on chest and was was us. Where the Celtic kicked off and back down the pitch and scored again and won the game, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know to reiterate, those are the kind of things that you're looking for your own team to do. So mm-hmm. you cannot be too disappointed if your 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 biggest rivals in opposition do it. You know, set set the bar, set the benchmark where you know you think your team should be, and if somebody else surpasses that, move the bar up a bit higher. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right, and as the old saying goes, it's it's those type of, of games that win the titles. And when you think about sort of G one the last, you know, it's been about a year that he's been in charge. There's been a couple of late-ish wins. I think the game away Easter Road, um, with the roof penalty, the game at home at Aberdeen, where we've ironically again scored. Um, but apart from that, there's not really been many sort of um, performances like that where you know you, you'll you'll get a goalie on to win it and. The other thing as well is there's not been that many performances under Gio that have that have really swept sides away. I mean, we've had a few four 0 wins this season, but as good as that is on paper, I really don't think maybe bar I think the St Johnson game at Ibrox and any of them were really incredible. I mean, you know, you're always going to take a four 0 win against Alts at Tynecastle, and obviously even the game last week against St Mirren, I thought I wouldn't go as far as saying that four 0 flattered Rangers, but for that set, as soon as we get the second goal, it was kind of like, just sort of, there you go, the game's won, and then we sort of picked them apart in the last sort of 10-15 minutes or so in the second half, and it, you know, it just seems that in terms of intensity, we can't really seem to match that for a full 90 minutes like we did, well, sorry, we didn't do on Wednesday, and it's really, it's weird to see as well, that, that again, I just feel like confused about the whole thing, because we've seen that late last season, we played Braga and Celtic Thursday, Sunday, both games going into, into extra time. 
And the fitness levels that, that those players showed to do that was incredible. End of the season, the Scottish Cup final, the Europa League final, doing it as well uh, to get to get that win at hand. And, and it just seems that, that that's gone. And, I, you know, I, I've said, I think, well, certainly since that Celtic game at Parkhead, I went, realistically, I would be pretty content if Rangers went into the, the last five games, into that split, two points behind Celtic, knowing that if you win the last five games, you've got an old firm game at Ibrox, you'd win the league. I would take that and I would still take that right now because I, I, I think the team would be capable of doing it. But the problem is, are you even going to get as, as little as two points behind it at that point? I, I, I don't buy into the, I don't buy into the hangover from last season mm. theory. Simply because if, if Rangers had been as hungover or as weary or as tired or fatigued as some people are trying to make out after last season, they would not have beaten PSV. So that argument for me doesn't stack up. I know you might see a different performance on of a, of a weekend, but Rangers still had that level of performance in them at the start of this season. Mm-hmm. And it just seems as if somebody's, you know, has tied some sandbags onto their legs or onto their, their you know, or a, 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 a 30 kilo kit bag, the way some of them are running about just now. And that goes back, that goes back to what I said previously. Qualification for the Champions League was so important to so many players. You do wonder if that was, you know, that was job done, mission completed. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think you make a lot of good points there, Stuart. And it has been good to to have you on tonight to to sort of dissect um, dissect that. Um, I think just, I'm, maybe not so much dissecting. I think I'm maybe needing oxygen myself just now. <laughs> maybe well, I mean, you might get some later on at the drag the drag bingo. Well, I, I intend to take one bottle with me just in case. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not be passing any further comment on that. Don't worry. We'll let the viewers decide for themselves what they want to make that one. Um, but just before we go, guys, just another a final message um, from one of our sponsors, Football Prizes. Uh, they've got weekly competitions, and you can go over um, to the Jersey online Twitter page um, to see this week's competition. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it was obviously a terrible result on Wednesday. A lot to go through there. A lot of oxygen um, that's been needed this week. But we got through it in the end, Stuart. It's been good to have you on um, this Friday, um, and I hope you've enjoyed it. And maybe a mix of benzogene and ketamine or something like that. Aye, no, absolutely. So thanks very much for listening tonight, guys. As always, um, we will be back on Sunday at half nine. Um, where I'll be um, in the hot seat again with Rosaline to reflect on the Motherwell performance. But hopefully um, it's a win and a good result. And hopefully we can end on, on that wee positive note. But thanks again to Stuart for joining me today tonight on the Gelsnet podcast. And thanks to all you guys at home for tuning in. Thanks very much.